All right, take your Bibles tonight, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter number 4, 2 Timothy chapter number 4 tonight, and uh, I really, really had every intention of being in uh, Luke chapter 15, and I just could not get away from this, just had it on my heart all week, and uh, while you're turning, I want to say this, I've asked the preachers and their wives to come sit on the front row. Boy, doesn't my wife look lonely tonight. And, uh, but that's the first time I've seen her sit by herself in a long time. And, uh, but I've got a purpose for that. I'll tell you that here in just a minute. Uh, and what I'm going to preach tonight is going to be a lot toward them, but I don't want you to shut down this evening, all right? Uh, I believe in all my heart that's one thing we're missing, uh, in these days. I believe we don't, we have very little, uh, understanding of the preacher and his ministry uh, on the pew. I believe that's something we failed to, uh, we've made it a mystical thing. We've made it something that uh, maybe we, we've made it mystical at times or maybe we've made it too simplified. I don't know what the problem is, but I believe we've uh, got a lot of church members don't understand what the preacher really is, what his uh, responsibilities, what his requirements, different things are. And uh, I won't deal with some things tonight. Don't no, please, please don't shut down. I promise you it'll be a help to you tonight. Then I will say this to the church, uh, just real quick. You ought to look at every one of these on the front row and realize that's a blessing. Isn't that right? The Lord blessed us. And uh, I'm thankful that God's still calling men to preach. And uh, I, I told Brother Kenny, we was talking about it the other day. I said, I wouldn't dare uh, drum anything up. Wouldn't dare try to uh, put my hands in where it doesn't belong. Uh, but it tickled me to have two pews filled up. Isn't that right? Tickled yeah. me today. God will always call uh, me out of churches at a lot. You know that? Yeah. And uh, you see a church doesn't have any young preachers. And I'll be honest with you. Uh, they suck. Well, I, I, we're not getting all that just yet. But I'll tell you this. You get a church with a real man of God, a church that loves the Lord, trying to do something. But one way God will honor that. He can honor it financially. He can honor it uh, physically. He can honor it with numbers. Uh, but what a blessing it is for God to call men out of that congregation to send them out to the world to preach the gospel. That's a blessing. We ought not take that lightly tonight. Second Timothy chapter 4 you don't have to stand with me this evening. I, I, I want to deal with the first 15 verses uh, if we can get through it all tonight. But I'll not read all that uh, for sake of time. I'll just read a few verses and uh, then we'll get into it, okay? Uh, the Bible said, verse 1, I charge thee therefore before God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead of his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the work, be incident in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned into fables. But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the working of angels, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, the time of my departure is at hand. I fought a good fight, I have finished my course, I I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, not to me only, but unto all them also that love his appearing. Let's just read the rest of it. I, that said, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me, for Demas hath forsaken me. Having loved this present world and is departed in the Thessalonica, Christians unto Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia, 
Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. And Tychus have I sent to Ephesus. Notice verse 13, one of my favorite verses in the book of 2 Timothy. The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee. And the books, but especially the parchments. You say, preacher, why is that your favorite verse? If you'll let me get there, I'll show you before we get done. Verse 14, Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward he had according to his words, of whom, thou, whom be thy ware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, I should do love you tonight. Lord, I'm thankful for the privilege, God, the honor, Lord, to be back in your house. Lord, I'm thankful for these men and their families. And Lord, thank you for what a blessing it is for you to call men out of this congregation. And uh, Lord, I pray you keep your hand upon them and their families. And Lord, I pray you put a guard upon them. Lord, I pray you bless their ministries. And Give them souls to the labor, open doors for them, and Lord, I pray you help us as men of God, and Lord, our families to take these truths and apply them to our heart and life, and then Lord, I pray you help us tonight as a congregation to better understand uh, the man of God and his ministry, Lord, I pray you bless us tonight, meet every need, and Lord, if they've been more discouraged, would you encourage their heart tonight? If they've been walking for this away, Lord, I pray you draw them up close to you once again. Then, Lord, I pray most of all, if they've been one of the midst tonight, lost them done without you. Lord, I pray you'd save them for everlasting too late. We'll be careful tonight. Give you all praise, all the honor, and all the glory. For we ask it in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. And amen. Now, I preach tonight, probably the next couple of weeks. I, well, Brother Kenny will be teaching next week, probably, uh, unless I just don't meet him, and that may be a possibility. But uh, I, I just got this on my heart. I, I just buried, buried in my heart uh, this week. I won't deal tonight with the preacher and his ministry. To be honest with you, I really ought to start with the two. I'm going to say next week, but uh just seemed like the Lord had this text on my heart this week, and I just want to be obedient and mind him tonight. All right? Now, I, I want you to notice, by the time we get done, I want to give you about five things uh, about the preacher and his ministry. I'll give them all to you tonight. If you go to First Timothy chapter 3, you'll find the qualifications. So uh, next week, we'll look at the requirements for the preacher and his ministry. But I'd like to look at... Uh, next week at the relationships of the preacher and his ministry. But tonight what I'm interested in is the responsibilities of the preacher and his ministry. Uh, then I'd like to look a little bit at the resources that he has at his disposal. And then finally, I'd like to look at his regrets or his remorse in the ministry. And uh, it's going to help to me this week, to be honest with you. Uh, so let's just get into it before we drag around. I don't have time to uh, deal it tonight. But I was going to say, first of all, his responsibilities. Now, I give you several things about those responsibilities. Uh, uh, notice for me, verse 1, the Bible said, Now, Paul, uh, writing to young Timothy, and here's what Paul said, I charge thee, uh, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, who shall judge the quick of the dead uh, at his appearing and his kingdom. Now you say, preacher, what kind of responsibility does the preacher have? What responsibility is it that he has in his ministry? I want to say, first of all, he has a responsibility to the charge. Uh, now these men have not yet faced that. Uh, uh, but I want you to know what your Bible said in verse 1. Paul said, I, notice that now, I, charge thee. Not the Lord. Uh, 
not God. Uh, but Paul said, I charge thee. Isn't that right? And uh, I mean, Brother Noel's talking the other night. He's asked me a little bit about an ordination. And I'm just curious about to know what it was and what would take place. And I was talking about a little bit. Uh, I, I told him the Bible. We was talking about the Bible. said, lay hands suddenly uh, on no man. Can I say this? Uh, 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 both of you men, one of these days, you have a pastor church, uh, uh, you come and you say that you feel that you've been led to missions or uh, to evangelism or whatever the case may be. Now, I, I might as well just go ahead and kill this one here. I'm not going to ordain you to a wedding. Uh, uh, the next man might, but I'm not doing it. I'm not ordaining you to do a wedding. I'm not ordaining you. Well, I can't get the whole thing uh, but I'm telling you, you ought to be ordained into the ministry. Isn't that right? And, uh, and the Bible said that Paul said, I charge thee uh, uh, before the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I don't have time to spend too much on that this evening, but here's what I want to say. I want to say tonight that you have a responsibility. Uh, every man of God has a responsibility uh, uh, to those men that came before him. Isn't that right? Uh, if you go down there with me, if you go down there in my office, I've got a, uh, uh, I've got a certificate up on my wall, man. Uh, it's a certificate that they gave me, Lydia. Heaven had they ordained me. And uh, they some men's name, God, it may have. Uh, uh, they some men's names, John, that are on that certificate. Uh, uh, the thing they laid hands on me that night. Uh, uh, demon me that I, my doctrine was right, uh, uh, that they had faith in my calling, uh, that they had faith in my conversion, uh, that they had faith in my character. Uh, now, I'm not saying that made me qualified to preach, uh, but what it was where they were saying uh, that they agreed that God had a work for me to do. I will say tonight that every once in a while I turn around and look at that. Uh, and I'm reminded that I have a responsibility uh, to every one of those men. Uh, uh, Brother Thomas Shelton preached my Lord, my charge. Uh, uh, Brother Marty Reese preached the charge to the church. Uh, and Brother Tommy preached the charge to me. Uh, and I have a responsibility to those men uh, uh, to stay faithful and stay right. Uh, and stay true to the Word of God. Isn't that right? Uh, you have a responsibility this evening uh, to those men that come before you. Uh, here's what I want you to see tonight just real quick. Uh, I'm talking about this laying on of hands, this charge. Uh, do you know how far you can trace that back? Uh, you can trace it all the way back to the apostles. Uh, uh, amen. That's right. The Bible said they chose out Matthias uh, to replace Judas. Uh, and the Bible said, John, that they laid out uh, Hands on him, isn't that right? Uh, can I say this this evening? There's a that's a lineage that uh, I have a responsibility, uh, uh, not just to Tommy Shep and the Marty Reeds, uh, uh, but I've got a responsibility to the men that lay hands on them, uh, and the men that lay hands on them, and the men that lay hands on them, and the men that lay hands on them. Uh, uh, you have a responsibility uh, to the men that have stayed true. Uh, and faithful down through the years. Uh, so we see the responsibility in the charge. Then I will say this, you have a responsibility in the content. Watch what Paul said in verse number 2. The Bible said, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, uh, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Uh, I want to say, man, you have a responsibility tonight uh, in what you preach. There, huh? Don't die over this evening. Uh, Paul said, preach uh, the 
word, not your opinion, not your thoughts, uh, uh, not politics. Uh, I, I, I'm not one that says politics can't come into the pulpit. Uh, I, I'll be honest with you. Uh, I, I, I can preach against abortion. The Bible's against abortion. Isn't that right? Uh, I can preach against same-sex marriage. The Bible's against it. Uh, amen. That's right. Uh, but it's not my job tonight to get up and tell you who to vote for. Uh, it's not my job tonight to tell you who I'm voting for. Uh, I'm trying to go back and preach the Word of God. And let the word of God work in your heart. And that Bible will tell you who you are to vote for. Isn't that right? And the Bible said, preach the word. Not your opinion, not what you think. But preach the word. It's infallible. It's inerrant. It's unchanging tonight. And Paul said, just preach the word. Isn't that right? And we don't say this be interested in season. Out of season. But we were saying. Uh, it's still within the content. Paul said if you'll preach the Bible, you'll be instant in season, be instant out of season. When it feels like it, you can preach. When you don't feel like it, you can still preach. Is that right? Yeah. You say, preacher, I don't know about that. Uh, Noah told me tonight, I told him, you better never tell me that again. Uh, I come in, he said, I hope you don't call me up there. Uh, I don't have nothing with us. You better never tell me that again. Because uh, I'll call you up whether it's in the flesh or not. Uh, I'm telling you, anybody here's in here season uh, and out of season. Isn't that right? Uh, tell you something, man, you may tell you why. It's good to preach the word. Not your opinion and not your feelings. Not what you think. Because you can get up and feel so bad and so down and so low and open up the word of God and still preach. Isn't that right? You don't have to have the feeling. You don't have to have the emotion. Just preach the word. When they say amen, preach. When they say oh me, preach. Just preach the word. Be instant in season, out of season. Watch this. Reprove, rebuke, exalt. Now, you've heard me say this before. Three things mentioned. Two of them are in the negative context. That word uh, reprove means this. It means to, it's almost like Kirk, to uh, nudge in the right direction. It's almost like to uh, shine a light on. It's almost like to uh, gently uh Show in some ways, I guess you could say. What Paul was saying is this. He said, if there's some things that uh, need to be dealt with, there's sometimes you need to reprove. You need to shine the light on those things. You need to gently nudge in the right direction. And then he went on to say rebuke. Now that word rebuke means to sharply rebuke. What that means is, uh, uh, John, there ought to be some times, uh, uh, and I, I don't mean that John's an awful person, but there ought to be some times uh, uh, that while I'm preaching, it feels like my fingers right in your face. Uh, I'm calling out head for a dirty thing you are. Isn't that right? Uh, uh, it's rebuke. It's to sharply uh, rebuke. We don't hear much of that in our pulpits anymore. Uh, uh, but I'm telling you, there's times that you have to rebuke. Uh, you have a responsibility tonight uh, uh, to do that. I put it to you like this. Uh, the Bible refers to that. Uh, the Bible refers to us as the bride of Christ, the body of Christ. Uh, but the church is also referred to as the children of God. Uh, 
And there's times, Nancy, that my youngins need a hug. And there's times uh, I just gently guide them in the right way. Uh, but John, there's times I have to rebuke them uh, and do it sharply, isn't that right? Uh, and to teach them how they are to live. Uh, it's not done out of hate. It's not done out of anger. Uh, but it's done out of love using the Word of God. Isn't that right? Uh, and rebuke to reprove, to rebuke. And then also the Bible said, and to exhort. Now that word exhort means to uplift. That means to exalt. That means to encourage. Now, I don't mean that all they ever do is rebuke. Alright? And I don't mean all they ever do is exalt. Alright? I tell you everything. I believe it, Brother Noah, I told them that. Uh, the, the biggest thing you'll face in your ministry is violence. You have to balance the time spent in the ministry, the time spent with your family, and the time spent in a secular job. Well, it's always a balance, and your preaching is no different. There has to be a balance. There has to be an order. There has to be an equal balance uh, of reproof and rebuke and, uh, and exhorting. It would do you no good tonight uh, for me to come in and rebuke you every single service. All right? Yeah. You bet me as a bunch of people. But it do me no good to come in and exhort you every single service. You'd be a bunch of carnal people. They're right. That's right. Just quit. That's right. Paul said you better reprove, you better rebuke, and you better exalt. There's a balance to the ministry. How many went on to say this? Exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. I'll tell you something, man. You'll find out the ministry, and it's probably one of my weaknesses. I'll be honest with you. But the Bible said, with all long suffering, there's times where you'll see a situation going on and openly rebuke it. I mean, sharply rebuke it. It seems like nothing happens. There'll be times that you try to reprove, and nothing happens. There'll even be times you try to exhort, and it seems like they just don't want to be exhorted. How can I say this, Paul? said, whatever you do, you better do it with all long suffering. You better be willing just to suffer all. Whether they do it or whether they don't, you better be long suffering. Now, I will say this, I struggle with it. I'll be honest with you, I do. I'm very much, John, if it's supposed to be done now. I want it done yesterday. I mean, that's how I am. I I don't like to wait. I I don't like to just put it around. I want to get it done. I I will say this. I I sure am glad the Lord's long-suffering away. Alright? I sure am glad He's long-suffering toward me. I've said, Lord's not slack, sir, from so many kept slack, but His long-suffering to us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. I sure am glad He's long-suffering to me. Man, I will tell you what your ministry is. And I'm not saying you ought to uplift the man of God to be, the, to be like God. That's not what I'm saying at all. But you ought to show them. You ought to show them your love to the people. Your love to the congregation ought to reveal to them in some ways the love that God has for them. Right? Yeah. Ain't that right? Paul said, with all long suffering and doctrine. What Paul's saying, he said, don't change that book for anything. Alright? Now, be honest with you. I've preached messages before uh, in this congregation, in this church, in this building. John, I've come in to preach a message, and God knows my heart. Uh, God knows my heart. I, would, I did not know they'd be here. Uh, I did not know it at all. Uh, had to deal with a subject that I knew uh, somebody that was here was dealing with. Literally. Alright? And what I can't do, I can't change the doctrines of the Word of God. 
Right. I've been in churches before. I preached before and seen men sit on the front row that I've got respect for that did not believe in a certain doctrine. You cannot tonight. You have a responsibility to preach the word of God line upon line, precept upon precept, word for word. And don't change it for anybody in their heart under any circumstance. Paul said, exhort, have approved, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering. And whatever you're doing, do it not. All right. Now listen, I've been at this thing long enough to know I'm going to be honest with you. I can get everybody in here hyped up tonight. I can I get everybody in here, Wayne, feeling good. That would have no doctrinal content to it at all. But I, I know John the right words to say. I mean, I get talking about how, I mean, I get talking about, uh, well, I'm just also, I get talking about how sweet it's going to be to see mama. And I get talking about how sweet it was to, uh, are you with me? Yeah. Everybody in here, can I tell you, there is no doctrinal content to that. You know what that Bible does? It does not exalt mama. Oh, God hit me. I feel it bottom down. It does not exalt mama. It does not exalt brother and sister and all these things. Uh, but it exalts the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, and Paul said, preach the word. It's an in season, out of season. Uh, reprove, rebuke uh, with all long suffering uh, and doctrine. Isn't that right? Yeah. Have responsibility in the charge. Have responsibility in the content. I've got to hurry. There's no way I'm going to get done. Have responsibility in the contention. Verse 14, Bible said, verse 3. For the time will come, they will not endure sound doctrine. After their own lusts, they shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. Now, here's what I'm going to tell you. If you hadn't already, your entire ministry will be a warfare for you to go another way. That's your entire, your entire ministry. You'll fight for that. I'll be honest with you. I'd love to say here tell you. Be real spiritual and tell you that it's never a temptation. And I, I was watching a video today. Somebody put it on Facebook. And uh, that old guy, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, down there in Charlotte. What's his name? That skinny jean wearing Stephen Furtick. That's his name. The canvas or whatever, I don't know what he is. But anyway, he got down there reading that some ungodly Bible, left out about three or four verses and changed it. Changed it. Like, he's reading out Mark 5, John 5, and uh, he's reading about that young man at the pool of Bethesda. And, and uh, he said, I, I wish I could what he said. Uh, but he made a statement before he read his text that uh, he used that Bible because it was the easiest to understand. And he read out some word because I had no idea what it meant. And he stopped. And said that means force. What King James says, force. Right. I, mean, I don't know how that makes any sense. But they panned the crowd one time. And Kurt, it looked like there were millions in that building. I looked right there and just see how big it I mean, it looked like Kenny. There was tens of thousands of people crammed inside that building. And he got up for it, preached, and got to read through uh, whatever Facebook, whatever it is he's doing. And, uh, he said, oh, we've just got a satellite church and, and Argentina. We've just got, we've got so many watching in Chile. We've got so many watching here. And we've got so many watching there. Uh, and and I, I mean, honestly, just for a split moment, John, I thought to myself, boy, I'd like to preach for a crowd like that. And then what Paul said, Paul said, you better just preach the word. 
Preach it doctrine. Preach it straight. Deal with your responsibilities. What's what he said in verse 3? What's what he said? Paul told us it's coming. For the time will come. They will not endure sound doctrine. After their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. I wouldn't recommend none of you listen to that quack. Uh, they ain't nothing doctrinal about it. I, I watched one message he preached one time. He brought in a desk from his mama's house. And the whole message, I lie you not, if you want to call it a message, was about that desk. Uh, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. Uh, uh, millions of people watching. Uh, God help me. The best thing he's got to do is talk about a desk. Uh, God help me, man. You better realize right now, you may never preach to that many people. Uh, but the ones God puts in your way. Uh, right back and preach. Preach Jesus to them. Man. Give them something to change their life. Right. We see the contention. Oh, so you want to deal. You have a responsibility even in the contention to change. Have a responsibility to stay straight. Then those verse 5, have responsibility in your character. The Bible said, well, watch that all things endure afflictions. Do the workmen of hands must make full proof of thy ministry. Uh, that, is, that is the character. That's your responsibility in character. The Bible says, but watch thou in all things. You ought to be observant. You ought to see, you ought to see, uh, 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 you ought to see some things uh, that are happening. You ought to see things in your church. Uh, I'm going to make a statement, and I'm going to be as honest as I can be. You, you just like it, love it, however you want to take it. Here's what I'm going to say. I don't know exactly what it is. I don't know exactly what it is, but they something y'all playing. Well, I'm looking at the fire. They something y'all playing. They said, preacher, you got to bother you? Absolutely not. Can I tell you something? There ain't no man of God worth his salt. Something to go on his church. He's not observing nothing. Is that right? I'm getting quiet. Just be real honest. I don't know what it is. I don't know what you're doing. But I'm not going to argue about it. I'm just telling you, you ought to have seen those things. Can I say that? Can I tell you something? Listen, Charlotte, I'd see you when you walk in, you come in tonight. I'd see you walk in, and I'd tell you whether you're back certain or whether it's not. I'd look at you later and say, well, you had a good day or a bad. You come out and shake my hand. How long you're going through something? And Paul said, watch now. In all things, have not things take you by surprise? Have not things knock you off guard? And Paul said, watch now. In all things, that's your responsibility, man. You realize this, doesn't it? You're debating if God ever lets you pastor, and I hope He does. Uh, uh, you'll be a shepherd, an under shepherd to that flock. Uh, you're the one that's to protect them. Uh, you're the one that'll be there to keep the wolves out. Uh, somebody ought to hit me right there. Uh, you ought to be observing. You ought to see what happens. Uh, you ought to be watchful in all things. And that right? All right, watch this. Not only we watch that in all things, but I could endure. Afflictions. You have the responsibility to be thick skinned. He was here Sunday night after service. Uh, I, I, I got, I, I jumped Noah just a little bit. Now, now I'm just being honest. I, he, he, he was ready for it. Every preacher gets to a place where they need that. And I jumped him a little bit. And uh, somebody said, I believe it's Kim that told me on my home, if you talk to me like that, I believe I'd just walk out the door. Here's what I said. That makes him quit. He was never made it. Right? Ain't that right? What's what your Bible said? Uh, boy, God hit me. 
Y'all don't like it when I preach the preachers. They watch this. Uh, watch that all things. Endure afflictions. Uh, Paul said, you better get some thick skin about you. Uh, it's not a picnic. It's not a cruise ship. Uh, you're going to be the forefront of the paddle. Uh, and you better get ready to endure some things. Isn't that right? Your responsibility. To, uh, your responsibility. will be watchful. Your responsibility to endure afflictions. And he said, do the work. Of an evangelist. You ought to do the word. The evangelist, I'll tell you what that means. It does mean, I've heard men say that it means preach all you can. And that's true. But you know what the evangelist's job is? It's the pastor's job to encourage. It's the pastor's job to feed the flock of God, which is among you. Towards Peter, that's what the pastor's job is. The evangelist's job is to exalt and uplift the church and the local pastor. You ought to love preachers. Everywhere you go, every time you get called, you ought to ask the Lord to let you be a blessing to that man while you're there. Be a blessing to that church and encourage him. I'll be awesome if a man ever asks you to go out to eat with him, you go. I tell both of you, if a man ever says, I'd like to take you out to eat, you go with him if you don't have a dime in your pocket. Because uh, it may be he just needs somebody to talk to. Maybe he just needs a friend. Uh, it may be he just needs some encouragement. Uh, and you ought to be that for him. You ought to go in and exalt that church and uplift them and encourage them. Uh, I don't mean you ought to never preach hard. That's not what I'm saying. I'm giving you the evangelist is there to magnify and uplift the church. Uh, the pastor's job is the feed. Now watch this. Paul said to the job of the evangelist. Then he said this. Make full proof of thy ministry. I'll say something. It is your responsibility to make full proof of thy ministry. I'll do the best I can, fellas. I know Brother Wayne is shut down. I work the nursing home. But I, won't, I, I, I tried to hit with Wayne on the nursing home. I, I told him the other day, I gave him a few options. And uh, I think we want to try to let him come up here and do it at home and uh, preach some old sermon audio and just get it get his own pages. Let him, let him uphold that. Use it. Let the church pay for it. And what we're already paying won't cost us any more. But just let him upload sermons and messages. And that way he can preach every week if he, if he didn't have somewhere to preach. And uh, I, I'll do my best for this to help you. And I'll do my best. Uh, uh, I do get calls. And they'll say, you know, any good young preachers, uh, uh, any good young preachers that can come and fill my pulpit for such and such day. But I will tell you this, I won't lie to them. I have never been honest. I wouldn't let you in my pulpit. I'm not going to recommend you somebody else. Right. Is that right? I'll do my best to help you any way I can. I mean that you call me any time, night or day. I'll be help to you. I'll, be, I'll do the best I can. I will say the Lord use you. But ultimately, it is your responsibility to make full proof of my ministry. Your choices and your character, the things you do, there's only so much I can do. There's only so much somebody else can do for you. And Paul told Timothy, you have a responsibility to make full proof of thy before for six. Paul said, for I am now ready to be offered. Time of my departure that I can. Paul said, what he said was this. He said, Timothy, the last thing he said to him, verse six, verse five, he said, make full proof of thy ministry. For I'm about ready to be offered. The time I departed from York, Paul was a stand. He said, I'm about ready to check out of this world. Paul's in prison when he wrote to Timothy, getting ready to have his head cut off. Uh, and before he went, he wanted to write to Timothy and tell him some things. Uh, and he said, Timothy, you better make full proof. You know what that is? That's an older man looking back over his life uh, and saying, while you're young, you better make 
full proof of my ministry. I'll be honest with you, Noah. I pick on you. You wrote me a few months ago up here to uh, Tennessee, the culture's Lord nation, and we just come down the road. And I was him, I said, Are you tired? He said, No. I said, uh, you, you, you ain't working out. No, no, man. I said, Are you hurting? No, no. And I thought to myself, Lord God, I can't hardly stay awake. My back hurts, my knee hurts, and my hips been cramping about the last ten miles. And I got to think of Johnny. It used to be like that. I used to go more than I do now. I, I used to stay up all night long and get up and go the day. I can't do what I used to do. And that's just part of getting older. And, and you know, I'll be honest with you, I wish I could say what Paul's getting ready to say. Uh, I look back and I thought, my God, uh, why didn't I do more before I had it? I don't mean this lately. I thank God for my faith, for my youngins. Uh, but why didn't I do more before I had them? Uh, I, 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 got, I was asked the other day to uh, go to Scotland this summer. And uh, I'll just be honest with you. I, 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 I don't know if I go or not, uh, but I hate John to be gone for two weeks and uh, leave my youngins. I just hate to do that. Uh, and I thought, why did I do that when I was younger? Uh, before I got married, before I had responsibilities, uh, I could have done more. I just made full proof uh, of my ministry. Noah told me the other night, uh, he said, I, I just can't hardly find time to stay. I promise you, you've got the most time right now uh, you're ever going to have. Right. right. You wait till a youngin comes along uh, and tell me how it changes how you study. Uh, you getting up at three o'clock in the morning uh, and giving a bottle doing all these things. Uh, you don't feel like staying up half a night. Uh, and uh, man, that's just right. Uh, and when they run in there and say, Daddy, will you play with me? Uh, I'll tell you what you do. You'll shut your mind when you'll go play with them. Uh, and there'll be a pull on you. Uh, uh, spend time with your family. Uh, there ought to be, isn't that right? Uh, you ought to spend time with you. You've got more time now than you ever will. All right. I don't know about this, but I, I'll say this. Brother Wayne has uh, his, his, his his child is raised and out of the home. And, uh, but I know this, John, I'll be honest. Uh, I know I, I'm not trying to say I'm old. I'm not. Uh, uh, but I, I am getting older. I'll be honest with you. I can't remember like I used to. I can't sit down and study like I used to. Uh, what I used to do in one day, now takes me three. Uh, because I just can't do it like I used to do it on my Hey, can I say this? Uh, we're not getting any younger men. Uh, whatever help, whatever ability uh, that the Lord has given you right now, you ought to make full proof of it. Isn't that right? It's our responsibility in our character. I'm going to say this. We have a responsibility in the crown. I'm going to well, I might get a little bit more now. Notice verse number six. The Bible said, For I'm never be off without my horse's hand. I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give to me at that day. Not to me only, but to all them that love his appearing. Men, we have the responsibility tonight, at the end of our life, whenever that may be. And I say that we're, we're not guaranteed to die as old men. Responsibility to be able when we stand before the Lord and present to Him what we've done with our ministry or to be pleased with it. All right? Paul said, I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. Paul said, I've done. What's what he said? I've fought a good fight. I've finished my course. I've kept the faith. What Paul said, I stood on the right side of the battle. I fought to the very end. I finished my course. What Paul was saying, he said, I've done everything and I've kept the faith. 
Paul said, through it all, I've kept the faith. And because of that, Bible said in verse number, what is it, verse number eight? Bible said, henceforth there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness before the righteous judge shall give me that day. Not to me only, but to all of them that love his appearing. It's our responsibility tonight to treat our ministry, handle it in such a way that when we stand before the Lord, he's pleased with it. God, it's been a joy. It's been a joy. It's been a joy, a joy, a joy. I can't put in the words what a joy it's been to be able to preach the gospel. I, I echo that. I'm glad that he enabled me. I'm glad for whatever reason he kept me faithful. I, I'm glad he put me in the ministry and enabled me to preach the word of God. I don't want to do it for my own glory. Oh, Tom, that's been a pleasure in life. I sure want to get a crown so I take off and lay at his feet and worship him and give him something to summon all the blessings that he had. How the Lord had blessed him. I know we'll never be able to repeat that. How man, the Lord has blessed you with a ministry. He's enabled you and placed you, putting you into the ministry. What a call, what a commission that is. I want a crown to lay at his feet, don't you? Yeah. We have responsibility to the crown. Then not only the responsibility, notice very quickly, if you will, the preacher and his ministry, notice his resources. He said, preacher, what do you mean by that? Watch this Bible said, verse 9. Now, Paul writing to Timothy, don't forget that. Paul writing to Timothy said this, Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For demons hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed in the Thessalonica, Christians to Galatia, Titus of Dalmatia. Verse 11, I said, only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. And Titus I have sent to Ephesus. Can I say the first resource Paul told Timothy that he had was the body? He said, preacher, what do you mean by that body of Christ? His brethren. His fellow believers. That's the first thing. I told Noah last night, we were talking a little bit, and I told him, I said, you know what the ministry is all about? It's all about people. It's about them. I asked him, I said, the Lord called you to preach for you? And he said, no. And I said, did he call you to preach for him? And he said, well, not really. And I said, you're right. He didn't. I, the Lord doesn't need me to preach. I, the Lord didn't call me to preach so I can do something for him. I, I, that's not what he did. He called me to preach to be a blessing uh, to his people. Isn't that right? Remember when Peter denied him three times and then before Jesus ascended, he said, Peter, lovest thou me? Peter said, yeah, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. What did Jesus say? Feed my all right? He said, if you love me, feed my people. Feed my bride. Feed my body. Oh, he loves the church tonight. I tell you, it is about people. And Paul said, the greatest resource, the first thing that he mentioned to Timothy, what we said, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. Paul said, I need you. He just told him he's getting ready to check out of here. What Paul's saying, before I go, I'd love to see you one more time. Isn't that right? Watch this. For demon has forsaken me. Verse 10 is the man that left him. Watch verse 11. Only Luke is with me. Hey, what blessing that is. How about all the trouble trials Paul went through beating and all the things he did shipwreck? You know what Luke was? His, his secular occupation. He was a physician. He was a doctor. What about God just getting him a doctor and traveling around with him? Every time 
Oh, getting that, are you? I think it's about people. There's people, child, that God has put into my life that has been a blessing and a help and a resource to me. That has been a blessing in my ministry. It's about people tonight. Paul said, you better remember the body. You better remember the people. They'll be a resource to you. And I say this, not every young preacher know that starts. As I heard of a young man the other day, I can't think of his name, uh, but he and that's called preacher about the same time he did. And I'm not trying to be ugly, but chances are you both won't make it very long. But I'll, let me rephrase that. Chances are one of you won't make it. Alright? All the ones I used to preach for from, they, how many? Two? Me and one other. Of all the ones I used to preach meetings with and youth meetings, as far as I know, John, there's only two still preaching. And the other one's about as liberal as liberal could be. Uh, chances are they're not all going to make it. Uh, and I sure am glad for some men God put in my life. Uh, great Graham started a long time before I did. He started preaching when he was in middle school. He's a few years older than me anyway. Uh, but God put our hearts together. Uh, hey, been times I've been able to help to him and he been help to me. Uh, I'd be thankful. Resource. He is people. These deacons and lay members that God has put in my life, they better help. Paul said, Do thy diligence come with me shortly. Then he said, Oh, Luke was with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee for his prosper me for the ministry. I got hurt. Let me say this. Back in the book of Acts, Paul said, Paul, Paul and uh, Barnabas had a dispute. The Bible said the contention was so sharp between them, they never came together again. It was over Mark. Barnabas said, Let's take him. And Paul said, We can't take him. He, got, he quit on them the first time. Paul said, I ain't take him. I ain't taking no quitter. Can I say this? A valuable lesson in verse 11. Don't give up on those that you think gave up on you. Because when he's about to die, you know what Paul said? Bring Mark also. What's what he said? Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. People. Tacius have I sent to Ephesus. I got hurt. No, the body. Notice the barrier in verse 13. That's what he said. The cloak that I left at Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee. Now you say, preacher, what do you mean by the barrier? That word cloak, I didn't know this to just to just this week. It literally means, if you look it up there in the Greek, it literally means an outer garment that is used as a protection from the storms. That's literally what it means. It was an outer garment, almost like a a long outer garment, like a raincoat on walls. What Paul was saying, he was telling Timothy, there's some things in my life, there's been some storms, and there's been some troubles, there's been some hard times. What Paul was saying is, I've always had a barrier. Go ahead and get mad. Here's what he's saying. Can I tell you, man, what your resources? I'm not going to be ugly. I'm not going to lie to you. Hell, there's going to be some hard times. There's going to be some times I can't even, there's no way I can even prepare you for some of the things that happen in the ministry. But I will tell you this, I'm glad there's always been a barrier. I tell you right, Mom, there's always been a barrier. And they all met God at me. And they always even the darkest nights have been great, ever sufficient. There's a barrier this evening. And it's a resource you better not give up on. Because God will not always calm your storm. And He will not always take you out of it. I'm glad there's always a barrier from the storm this evening. He always gives grace that's sufficient. Amen. Fortress, I gotta hurry. Close to part verse 13. The clothes I left across the carpets my camera bring with thee. I like this and the books. Now I will say this. 
That word books simply means books. Paul said, I've got some books. Timothy, you know where they're at. Timothy's been following around several years at this point. All the way back in Brother Acts, Timothy joined up with him. And Paul said, you know where they are. Bring the books. I will say something, but Noah, you just shut down this minute what I'm about to say. Well, I told Noah last night, I told him, I said, he asked me about a commentary. I told him, I said, get you a King James Bible, a strong concordance, and a place to pray. He said, but what about this? Oh, no, 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 get you a King James Bible, a strong concordance, and a place to pray. Here's what I told him. I'm just giving you some insight. I'm trying to get inside of the preacher's ministry. I told him, Jonathan, I'll let you know when you're ready to start reading the commentary. And the reason I said that was this. You won't get messed up reading the Bible. You get messed up reading books. All right? Better get a good foundation before you get messed with the books. And I will say this. I believe it was uh, Mike Bagwell said it, and I might be wrong, but I believe Mike Bagwell said this. Not every reader is a leader, but every leader is a reader. You catch that? Not every reader is a leader, but every leader is a reader. I say, men, there is nothing wrong with taking books. Let that be a help to you. Leaning after other men. Nothing wrong with that at all. Paul said, bring the books. All right? He looked at me and said, bring the books. It's literally what it means. It means books. It means bring the books. Paul said, I want something to read. Always, evidently, Paul was always reading. I'm going to ask I've got, I've got a small fortune in my office and commentaries. But if they lock me up and get a name, I wouldn't call you John and say, bring me the books. Let's be honest. I might say, bring the mail. But I wouldn't say, bring the books. Paul said, I'm going to be here. Might as well be doing some studying. Might as well be doing some reading. Bring the books. Isn't that right? What's what he said? We're mad. Verse 13. The Bible said, bring and the books. What's that last little phrase? But especially the parchments. Now, in this time, they would now Paul's writing. Well, I don't remember Paul's writing to Timothy. For Second Timothy is a letter written to Timothy while Paul was in prison. They didn't have a canonized Bible. They didn't have a full copy of the Bible. Paul's still writing in this text, and he's writing to Timothy. So what they had, what they would do, brought them the Bibles, the parts part they did have. They would take it and they take this letter and Paul sent it to the church to Timothy before they going to Ephesus. When he sat there, Timothy read that letter to the church. Then they'd be men of the church, take that letter, John, and they, they, they'd make a copy. And then they'd make a copy of that. So then two people could read it. And then when they took it home, they'd make a copy. And then they'd make a copy. And then they'd make a copy. And then they'd make a copy. And it'd be written. What do you think it'd be written on? Be written on parchment. They're up scrolls, rolled up parchment. Possibly. Oh, man, you ought to get this. Paul said, bring the cloak, bring the books, but especially bring the parts. You know what Paul's saying? I miss my Bible more than I miss anything else. Uh, Paul said, bring the cloak if you think of it. Uh, bring the people if you can. Uh, but I need my Bible. Isn't that right? Uh, how can you ought to be a man of the Word? Uh, you ought to feel like your day does not work. Uh, that your day has not even made anything uh, if you have not been in that Bible. Uh, Paul said, I need the parchments. Uh, I need the Word of God. Uh, I need to read it. I need to touch it. Uh, I need to smell it. Uh, I can have the greatest resource uh, that the man of God has uh, is the Bible. 
Isn't that right? It's more than any commentary. More than any person. It's the Bible. Can I give you a couple things real quick? Just quick. Just two things. Notice with me. His remorse. What time is it? Oh, we'll be all right. Uh, verse 15. All right, I'm sorry. Verse 13. I'm asking the folk that lives close to the carpets. That comes bring with thee in the books, but especially the parchments. That ought to be your greatest resource. Man, I'll say this quickly. Can I tell you that Bible will fix every problem in your ministry? That Bible has the answer to every single problem in your ministry. Noah asked me last night uh, about a verse. He said he'd been studying on something. He said, I, just, I, don't, I don't understand this verse. Can you can you hit me with that? And there's nothing wrong. I don't want you to take that note what I'm about to say. Like, I did it. That's great. I would have done the same thing. I still sometimes call men and say, can you help me with this? What, 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 what am I missing? There's nothing wrong with that. And I'll tell you, there's something about getting in that Bible. There'll be times there won't be nobody to call. There won't be nobody to see. There won't be nobody to heaven. There won't be a commentary that wrote over that. There won't be nothing at all. You're going through a storm or you're going through a battle. Oh, can I tell you, I'm glad I know the author. Yeah, man, that's right. That Bible will fix everything you face. You miss out. get to have marriage problems. That Bible will fix it. All right? Get to have financial problems. That Bible will show you how to fix it. Problems in the church. That Bible will show you how to fix it. Going through something you don't know what to preach that Bible will show you. And Paul said, especially, especially the parchments that bring me my Bible. Isn't that right? Oh, yes, you're going to be me of the word. Now, let me show you his remorse quickly. I'm done. I'm hurry. Verse 10. What's what your Bible said? Verse 10. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed in the Thessalonica, Christians to Galatia, Titus from the Dalmatia. You say, preacher, what was Paul's remorse? Now, here's what he said. He said in verse 6, for I'm not ready to be offered until my portion head. I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I've kept the faith. Paul said, I know when I get to heaven, the Lord, the righteous, has got a crown waiting on me. Is that right? Paul said, I've done everything I should have done in my ministry. What about this? Uh, what is it? Uh, verse 12, 2 Corinthians 12, whichever one it is. Where Paul gives that list, Kenny, of all the things, uh, 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 three times making strikes and shipwreck and all those things. Paul gives this long list of all the things he's faced. But here, he had he so many Timothy about all the beatings and all the scourgings and the shipwrecks and hard times and all the perils. That's not what he's saying. You know what I said in a text that broke Paul's heart? He said, Demas hath forsaken me. Love of this present world. That right? That's what the Bible says. Now listen, I'm hurrying. You got you got your head hit me a little bit. That's been broke his heart. It broke his heart, Noah, that demons had forsaken. Tell you what breaks your heart in your ministries. It'll not be the troubles. It'll not be the hard times. It'll be the people. Alright? He said, Demons had forsaken me. Now can I tell you something? Demons didn't really forsake Paul. Demons forsook the Lord. All right? What's what he said? Verse 10. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and has departed unto Thessalonica. What brings me good courage to know Demas really turned his back on what the Lord had done for him. But Paul, just like me, and just like every preacher I know, took it personally. He said, For Demas 
hath forsaken me. All right? Boy, it's getting quiet. Can I tell you something? There's not a person that's not on these pews to mine that I did not take it personal when they didn't come. All right? There's not a person, Ronald, sitting on these pews, that you what used to sit on these pews, not here tonight. It does not rip my heart out. And surely I wonder what I could have done. Why did they forsake me? All right? Why? What could I have done differently? What could I have said? What could I have done? Can I tell you the truth this morning, this evening? Demas was weak. He was a weak Christian. All right? Paul said, having loved this present world, he said he loved the world more than he loved the things of God. Is that right? But it doesn't make it hurt him less. I look at that and I see empty pews where people used to sit. And I'll be honest with you, let's be honest. God knows my heart. I'm probably going to get into trouble when I say this. But a lot of it, John, not all of it, but a lot of it, they were weak in the faith. But it still hurts to me. Is that right? Now don't fall out with me. I'm trying to help these men. You say, preacher, I wouldn't say that. Well, I'm just doing my best for my Lord. I'm going to help them. There'll be people in your ministry that'll fall out. You'll see them refuse to get right. You'll see them refuse to, get to, to, get to repent, get right with God. You'll see them loving the world more than they love the things of God. And they're here sometimes and gone most of the time. And John, I don't know one man that's worth the salt, one preacher, that it does not break his heart uh, and feel like they've forsaken him. Uh, that's just a ministry, fellas. You know why that is? Because you pour into them so much when they up and leave. You can't help but take it personal. That right? I tell you right now. I, I pick on Hayden. I was speaking on him other night. He's, he started dating that little girl was with him uh, Sunday. I would take your name, but I always mess it up. Um, Lene. I always want to call her Ariana. I don't know why I'm going to call her that, but Lene. But anyway, I, I speak on her in Thursday call. He says, last Wednesday, and I said, where should she go to church? He says, I don't know. I said, when she gets saved? I don't know. And I'm not trying to be ugly to her. But you know why I was doing that, Jessica? Just aggravating him. I love him. I love him. I don't want to see him mess his life up. I want, I want to see him get a good wife and yeah. have a good family. Right. I don't know what the Lord will do in his life. Uh, but John, I want to see him live his life in such a way that he can be a deacon. Yeah. I want to see him live his life in such a way that he can't pronounce his call to preach for the Lord calls him. Uh, I want him to know the importance of that. Uh, I want to see him grow. I want to invest him. I told Noah, I went up to Tennessee. I told him, I said, if you'll keep riding around me and let me, uh, I'll pour myself into you. Uh, just as much as you'll let me. You know why? Because I love him tonight. I want to see God do something in him. Yeah. I want to have a part in that. And you pour and you pour and you pour in the people. And when they leave, you can't help but take it personal. Whether they're weak or not, you cannot help but take it personal. Because you love them so much. You spend hours. I'm not asking for a pity party. I'm, God, God knows my heart. I'm trying to help these men. But you spend hours praying for their nothing to get saved. You spend hours begging God to fix their marriage. 
You spend hours studying and trying to give them something to help them have the Word of God. You invest Him and you're there at the lowest points of their life. And you're there at the highest points of their life. And can I say that? That's one thing you better get used to, men. You better get used to being there every time there's a funeral, every time there's a death, every time there's a sickness. When they're at their lowest points, you'll get to be there. But when they're at their highest, when that baby's born, when that wedding's done, when that gradual get tickled me to death, uh, Malia and Keith, no day, uh, said, Preacher, if we give you an invitation, would you come to our graduation? And I'll just be honest with the same day as our ladies' conference is going to be. And, uh, I'm just going to tell you, man, I'm going to be home for a little while. Uh, if they want their preacher to be there, I'm going to be there. Isn't that right? Uh, yeah, I want to be there. Uh, I want to be there for them when they walk across the stage if they let me. Uh, I want to be there when somebody passes away. Hey, but when you give and you give and you give, uh, and then they're gone. Uh, it hurts, this evening. Isn't that right? You can't help but think about all the time. I, I, I feel also this one individual from my mind right now. God knows my heart. I'm trying to hurry. There's one individual from my mind right now. I can vividly remember something happened in their life. I vividly remember, Kurt, we just had sat down at the dinner table. Just had sat down at the dinner table. My wife just had looked at me, John, and said, boy, it sure is good just to eat supper together as a family. And just about then, my phone rang. When I answered it, I had to leave. Tonight, I'm going to spend all I can't help John, but take it personal. I walked out from my family. I walked out from my wife to be there for them. It's personal. Are you with me? Paul said, Demons have forsaken me. Isn't that right? In fact, was he just a weak Christian? Paul took it personally. Then what's what the Bible said? I'm quick right here. I'll give you one more. I'm done. All right, we see the weak that brought Paul remorse. But I'll say this. We see the wicked in verse 14. The Bible said, Alexander Coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his words. Of whom be thou were also. For he hath greatly withstood our words. So, preacher, what is it Paul had remorse? What, what, what was his regrets? What was his remorse? Well, he, he was remorseful over the weak. Demas had forsaken him. And he was remorseful over the wicked. Old Bud Stillman, always he preached on Alexander Coppersmith. He always says, Alexander the Copperhead. That's what he always says. That man wanted up in a special grass, isn't that right? But Paul said, Alexander the Coppersmith has done me. Much evil. Make out some of these times in the ministry where there's just people that are just wicked. Just wicked. Just all that reason. I'd have to understand somebody being weak. There's just some people, John, that are just wicked. They're right. Yeah. Paul said, I say he tells Timothy here in verse in chapter four. He said, Alexander the coppersmith hath done me much evil. What's what you might have said? Verse 14, watch this. As the accomplishment did me much evil, the Lord reward him according to his words. What Paul was saying, now listen to me. You don't get none of this, I want you to get this. Paul said, He did me dirty. I'll be honest with you, I'll tell you both something. Tell you what you'll find in your ministry. I'd take somebody with me dirty. She can't. She, she cannot take it. Somebody does. She, she, if she finds out what somebody said, John, long after I've moved on, she'll still be saying, I can't believe they said that. Don't take it. I'm just being honest. I don't look down on her. I'm just being honest. 
Paul said he did bring dirt. Right there on the same hand. I can take somebody better with than me. But I can't take care of something about her. Right? Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah. Oh, but that's been both times in our, in our ministry. By the way, it is our ministry. Right. It's your ministry. And it's your ministry. Uh, and I know I was a little bit nervous. Got through for a loop. I'll tell you something, man. God knew long before it happened what he was doing. He put you two together. Yeah. And he did it for a reason. Isn't that right? You're a helpmate to him. You're vital and valuable to that ministry. It's something done together. Oh, preacher. She won't never stand up. The Bible said that these two shall become one flesh. Isn't that right? Yeah. Amen. Say this. Let people do you dirty. What Paul said, was, verse, verses 13, is that what I mean? 14. As in the did me much evil, the Lord reward him according to his words. I'm going to tell you all something. I'm quick. I'm not hurting right here. Here's what Paul said. They ain't got time to fool with it. I've just turned over the Lord that the Lord had in life. All right? If you learn that, to help you in your ministry. There'll be some pain from it. There'll be some heartbreak from it. The best thing you can do is just forget us and go on because of the Lord reward him according to hell. These people need help. Let the Lord deal with Alexander the Coppersmith. I've got a greater work to do. In there. That's why Paul could say, I fought a good fight. I kept the faith. I finished my course. Verse 15, verse 15. I'm quick right here. Of whom be thou were also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. Hardest thing in the, in the preacher and his ministry. The hardest thing to do. I believe what really, really brought remorse to Paul. Not only did he have to go through it, but he had to warn Timothy about it. They're right. Now, I, you, you study it out of the Coppersmith for yourself. More mentions it just here in 2 Timothy 4. But he had to tell Timothy, you better beware of him also. For he hath greatly withstood our words. Two things broke his heart. The weak and the wicked. Cannot help. Can I, can I say this real quick, church? I, I, I'm not trying to be for my own self-benefit. I'm not trying to do that at all. Here's what I want you to know. That man's got feelings just like everybody else does. And he takes it just as personal as you would. Is that right? Well, I know some things in that crowd. I know it's 816, but I'm just going to say it. Can I tell you, I know it's Wednesday night. I know you're faithful. I'm not trying to be angry. I'm just trying to trying to help these men. I don't know how many Wednesday nights or how many Sundays or Sunday nights or Wednesday nights, whatever the case may be, going down the road that I thought to myself, I wonder what so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so would do if I just didn't show up. I didn't have nobody fill my place. I didn't let nobody know. Are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Well, it'd be personal. I tell you how many times it happened once. That right? I hope, Deacons, it would happen once. And somebody could call my phone and say, "Listen, what's going on? Am I doing that right? I've got a responsibility to be there. And I think the church friends have a responsibility to be faithful and ask God just like you know. Right. Yep. I show up every morning over them goats and I reach down and we got a little trash barrel out there and I, it was cleaned out but we, we got our feet in and I think it lit off. I reach down and get a big old scoop of food and I start pouring them troughs. That's my responsibility to come lay out the food. 
Well, it's in God's responsibility to come in and eat it. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. Goes two ways. I'm going to tell you something. I, I'm just going to this. Cannot help today, personally. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Can't help tonight, but take it personal. All right, let's stand up for you.